Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome, everybody, to Teach Me Pokemon, the podcast. I'm your host, Corey, and along with my co-host, Jared, we're best friends, been playing Pokemon for a very long time. We are back. Teach Me Pokemon, the podcast. We are pumped to be here. We have an amazing guest this week. Uh, we had just wrapped up the Pittsburgh Regionals, the largest regionals ever in Pokemon history. Uh, incredible. It, it makes me makes me want to get the cards back out. Let's go. So just have to get the wipe to, <laughs> to, to let me travel. So, But, but we're really, really excited. Uh, Jared and I get to dive in. Uh, with this first guest, um, if, again, if you're not familiar uh, with how our podcast works, we are here to teach you how to play Pokemon. That That's the name of the game. And the best way for us to do that is to bring on competitive players uh, that travel to tournaments, they play internationals, regionals, they go to worlds, and to get their perspective on what they do in order to be successful. So, because that's really it, right? You want to be good at this game, you got to hear from the best. So typically we interview folks uh, players that at least got uh, a top eight finish at, at a tournament. And so today we are lucky enough to interview Lucas Jing, who was running uh, Jin Pao, was our only uh, blue deck, if you will, that made top eight. Great build. He's an awesome player, you know, freshman in college, so he's still relatively young. But he is at it, and what a great start to the season, uh, getting the top eight finish here. Just to get to learn his perspective, uh, he hails from the great country of Canada, uh, up north. So that's awesome. There's some great players up there, Andrew Estrada and some others. So Canada ain't no joke, uh, but we are so pumped to have Lucas on the episode with us. Um, so anyway, we are going to dive into the interview. We're going to come to a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, Jared and I uh, will grill Lucas on some good questions and hope that we can teach you some Pokemon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back from break. We have an amazing segment here, our interview segment with our players uh, that you know are performing well. This is the beginning of the season, so we had our first regional tournament in Pittsburgh this past weekend, uh, and we have Lucas on the show. Lucas, how are you doing, man? I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having me. Great, dude. Yes, man. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Uh, well, my my first question, just right right off the gun, and we, we like to kind of get to know you first as a person and kind of where how you got into the game so tell us a little bit about yourself um and and how you started playing pokemon so i've been actually playing pokemon for like basically my entire life uh, i had an older brother and he taught me all everything about card games from Yu-Gi-Oh, magic pokemon so we've been co- collecting for a long time and since a young age i've been playing with like the theme decks from walmart but I only really started getting into the competitive scene in 2016. Um, I went to my first league, and after that, it's just been uh, seven amazing years since then. Just hooked. Just, exactly. Just, just in. What 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 set was that around 2016? Like when did what what kind of cards were big then? Um, it was Ancient Origins, so it was like Mega Pokemon were the big thing. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, when the Megas came around. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so started playing did you so the tcg side was it the the competitive nature of it that got you into it like are you by nature someone that's competitive or you just like i just love playing games it's casual but then you started like becoming a better player and then it just kind of snowballed from there um i've always been a competitive person i played a lot of sports growing up and while i was playing pokemon i was playing hockey at the same time but eventually like i just really loved the the strategy part of the game and that just took me away from sports. I've been hooked on like strategy games ever since, especially Pokemon. One one thing we don't talk about enough, and and I've been feeling this lately because I just actually started playing Lorcana as that game came out. But what what drives you is like is Pokemon your number one game? Are you interested in other TCGs? And if Pokemon is your number one game, what makes it more appealing to you than other games? Um, Pokemon for sure is my number one game. I've tried other card games um right now the only other card game that i'm playing is the one piece tcg hmm. i'm playing that for a bit but i haven't really thought about taking it seriously pokemon is really my main focus right now um and the reason why i think i like pokemon so much is um maybe not so much the card aspect but there's like a nostalgia to it and there's a uh, lot of like friends i made so many amazing friends for pokemon that like i just can't leave yet We've heard a lot of that. The, the the community aspect and the nostalgia aspect is really strong. And I think Corey and I would agree with that a lot. It's just always interesting hearing people's mindsets about why they land on the game that they want to make their primary. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Pokemon has really been a like a great outlet for my competitive competitiveness since uh, I quit playing sports a while ago. But yeah, like everything about the just like playing competitively in the environment of the tournaments is just like so like like you get the adrenaline rush and it's just amazing 
It is. It is. It is wild. Well, let's let's jump into that adrenaline rush a little bit and talk about this past regionals. Tell our audience what you were running and maybe why you made the decision to run that at the first regionals of the year. So I actually played a Chen Pao back Scalibur, which is like everyone knows the deck, but no one really thinks like too much too highly of it. Like it's kind of like a tier two deck. Um, and the reason I played it was because leading up to the regionals, I actually was moving to college. So I didn't have a ton of time to do some testing. And I actually played the same deck to Worlds. Oh, uh, but cool. I was, yeah. So I wasn't 100% going into the event knowing what I was going to play. But I got into my hotel super late. And my best friend, Grant Chen, I think maybe, maybe you've heard of him. He's another very yeah. good player. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I asked him what he's playing. And he's like, oh, I'm playing Chen Pao. So I was like, okay, I'll just play Chen Pao with you. And that was it. <laughs> Nice. Were you playing the same sixty as Grant, or a little? Yeah, we're playing the same sixty. Very cool. Very cool. What? Okay, so we, you know, not to bury the lead, and, and maybe people know this. I mean, we we have you on the show because you you play, you're a good player, you were at Pittsburgh, but you, you got top eight at Pittsburgh, which is you know phenomenal in the largest field that we've seen at a Pokemon tournament ever, which is amazing here, at least in like the North American North American realm. Uh, what? You know, how did it feel? Like three K, like Lucas. That that's some legit prize that's money, baby. That's insane, yeah, honestly. Dude. Wow, the money's that, great. Yeah, was that like in your mind? I mean, it has to be right as you're like in day two, as you're progressing to. You're like, oh man, I might get top eight. Does that start to creep in now? Where you're like, there's some serious money now. Um, at first, so I started off day one at this a seven one one as my record. And that felt really good at the time. And then I was look, thinking about it into the second day. And I was like, my record has to be either four wins and two ties or five wins and a loss. I'm like, that's still really daunting. Yeah. Um, especially because of the caliber of players in day two. But, you know, I started like the ball was rolling. Like, and I just started gaining momentum throughout the day. And like by the third round, I just felt like, like I was going to make it. Like for sure. Like there was no way I wasn't going to make it. I love that and, confidence. You just so you, it was like a momentum thing for you, yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. What so what does okay so what does it look like? And so as as we have our audience here, we you know we have listeners that are pro players. We have listeners that are first time picking up the cards. But we we want to always get in the head of like how, what does this take to to be a good player? And and a lot of that it is preparation as well. And so I know. You know, you were getting ready to head off to college, which which is a big, big deal, big life, big life change. So I know prep for this tournament may have been a little different than it, you know, in, in the past for you know other regionals, internationals, and worlds and things. But what does that tradition look like for you, Lucas, as you are prepping? What does the week leading up to a major tournament look like for you as you're getting ready to play? So the way I look at it is, I always like kind of figure out what the consensus best decks are like what will the meta be how like what will be other players be playing so i think about that first so for this event i was thinking like it's going to be giratina it's going to be gardevoir um those are the two best decks so i just you have to establish like what are the best decks and how, which one am i going to play or am i going to counter it so that was my first thought process and after that i begin communicating with other players like my friends and other top players asking them for their opinions their advice what they think is going on and just like talking with other people, like just learning from other people, I think is very important as for preparation for events. Okay. Do you, do you play like live, like a card shop or something like that with people? Or are you primarily online or is there another way that you practice? 
Um, live is definitely one of them. I'll play online with my friends. Uh, league, I'll sometimes go to league just for fun, for practice. And um, my best friend, Rowan Stavenow, actually lives like 10 minutes away from me. So I'll go to his apartment and we'll test for a few hours. Um, so yeah, in person, a lot in person. I like the the field of cards. I can't like online is more like if I have to do it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's accessible there, but yeah, the, the live play, that's going to simulate more what other regions makes sense it's as, as you're looking at your own play because i know a lot of the players that we talk to are really critical of their own play because they want to get better you just top eight at a at a regionals but looking at your performance your pat performance what are you still saying in your head like i need to get better at this there's always a lot of things that you can improve as as a player and for me um even though like i had a really good performance i still think that, that there's like ways i can improve Maybe uh, my sequencing. There were a few turn times where my friends would come up to me, like after watching my match, and be like, "You could have done this differently." So just like thinking more critically about the order of your cards and how that impacts my deck, my hand, and the field, um, is maybe one way I can think about it more. Uh, so yeah, like honestly, just sequencing is a big one, especially with Chen Pao. It's very important to properly like play your cards in the exact order that you want them to like most efficiently get the cards you want. So I've made a few mistakes, errors in there. So I can honestly improve on that end. Can you can you give us an example, especially with that deck? Because it's exciting because that is one of the newer cards that you, like we said, it's maybe not S tier, but it's A tier. Can you give us an example just quickly of like what a good sequence move in Chan Pao is and maybe what a bad sequence move might look like for our listeners? So at Chen Pao, you're kind of like hitting, you need a lot of cards to like activate your combos, your canceling cologne your cross switchers just pure energy retrievals and it's kind of hard to get that um especially with like like not being able to draw like constantly so that's why we have the tube of barrels in our deck so just like understanding the goal of the turn and how many cards you need and how many cards you like the percentage odds of what you can draw so i have four cross switchers in the deck i have 20 cards i'm drawing a four off a barrel what are the odds i hit both of them? so just optimizing your hand to play to the lowest amount of cards to draw and just efficiently have all the cards you need to succeed in that turn is like the best way to do it and like for more specific examples like um there was a turn like in, in the, one of the earlier rounds of the tournament where i played the super rod and i immediately used i super rodded back three water energies i immediately used shem Pao's ability to search for two uh energy cards and that was actually incorrect because what I could have done was maximize my Bavero by drawing one extra card before the energy drop so that I could mm -hmm. see more cards and then use Chef House ability. So like that's like more like like that's like the efficient of like sequencing. Yeah. That's smart. We've heard time and time again one card to make the difference in a game. So I think that's a great, great example. Thanks for giving us a specific example like that. Yeah. Was there a match that sticks out to you from this past Pittsburgh regionals? So either one that you won or you lost or one that you thought, oh man, maybe I made a mistake and that cost me or, you know, you outplayed. Was there one that just sticks out to you? Um, round 13, I played against Tord Reklov. I think everyone oh, knows who that is. There we go. Okay. How'd that and go? That was my first time ever playing him. And I was really excited because I love beating top players. Like other top players, yes. so I was really excited to like. I really wanted to beat him. So, um, that game he was playing Guard War, so I was very confident, um, because that's one of my best matchups. And 
I think I got really lucky. Like, I can't even lie. Like, <laughs> both games, I hit the turn two double cross switcher canceling clone to kill both his Curlias. And, wow. like, I had to, like, dig deep to get the last cross switcher each time. It would be off, like, a barrel or a pogey stop. And it was just, like, <laughs> it would just be, like, it was, like, honestly kind of lucky. Well, I mean, but that, that's the strategy, though, right? I mean, you, you, you can get them an Affy out there, cancel, and knock out the Curlias. I mean, that's your deck's built to do that. Yeah. No, that's wow. cool, though. Yeah. So did you did you feel more excitement running into another top-tier player, or were were nerves more important? I actually get, got that question when I played him. I don't think I felt very nervous. Um, I don't think... I just think of him as another player. The more the aspect that I felt was more like, um, I really wanted to beat him. Like he's the best in the game right now. Like, and I just like it's a challenge to beat him, so I want to take him out. I love that. I love that competitive mentality. I I don't know what your records were. Obviously, that was an important win. It would it be safe to say you knocked him out of top eight contention at Pittsburgh? Um, we were what was I nine. No, 10, 1, and 1. So, oh, so if we won, we could, the person who won could most likely um, intentional draw twice to get mm -hmm. into the top eight. Okay. So that was a really important match, but he still, he could, he still could have made top eight actually if he won his next two rounds after me beating him. So I didn't technically knock him out. Gotcha. Well, we're, we're going to pretend like you did. And, and, and hey, Lucas, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. Jared had to roll real quick. Uh, but, um, I, I just love, I, I, I've always, you know, as a Pokemon player, like, I just, I just would love a match against Tori, you know, like just to kind of see how it goes. Is there anything that he does that like took you by surprise that like you weren't expecting? I don't think anything took me by surprise, but you could just tell how cleanly he plays. Like he just like makes little to no mistakes. Like you could just see it in his gameplay, how confident he is when he plays each card. And, yeah. you know, it's just like, he just plays very cleanly, very efficient is that like no mistakes no mistakes yeah um okay i have kind of a fun question for you and i know you're not you know you're from canada right yeah that's right you're at so who would be the top player in all of canada if you no. had to if you had to give the title and you can't say yourself lucas okay so we're okay. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make it easy for you you can't say yourself but if you had to put the title to another canadian who is it right now, in your opinion? Right now, like all time? No, 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 no. Currently in the game. Currently, in the game right now. Well, all time would be interesting, but I want to go. I want to go right now. Like, who do you think is like playing the best from the north? From there's there's two players that come to mind right now. Okay. Um, number one is Andrew Estrada. Obviously, he just won the regionals. He's a world champion. He's an amazing player. And second is Rowan Stavenow. He's also a previous world champion. Had a really good finish, 40th place, I think, at the this past regionals. And he's also an amazing player. So I'd have to give it to them too. Cool. Okay. And Rowan's he said you're 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 good friends with Rowan. Yeah. You better like where does Andrew live? You're in Toronto, right? Um, that's where I like normally live, but since I'm in okay. university, I'm like in an hour and a half out of Toronto right now. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So, are is is Andrew close to you? Like, are are the top Canadian players kind of in the same cities in in Canada, or is everyone kind of spread out? Um, it's kind of spread out. Like, a lot of people are in the main Toronto area, and then there's like the outer Toronto area, and then there's like the farther places down, like where I'm at right now. 
Cool. Um, but like a lot of them are in like the GTA, like the Greater Toronto area. Oh, nice. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, okay, so last last question as as we kind of wrap this up. So you're gearing, you know, gearing up for the season. I, I imagine an eight, you know, a top eight finish at the first regionals is like that's what you can ask for. Right? I mean, obviously you want to win the first one, but that that is a phenomenal start to this year. It's you know, six hundred points to make worlds. It's a little tougher this year, but the prize money's there. Are, are are you like you're all in for this season, Lucas? Like, is this are you shooting for this to be your year? Yeah, of course. Um, I think every year I think it's my year. Um, uh, is that kind of I have that kind of confidence. But you know, starting off with such an amazing uh, start to the season really is like motivating me even more. I, I told my friends if uh, I got top eight at this one, I'd go to the internationals in brazil this year so i guess i have to go to that one now you, oh man yeah you gotta go man you gotta represent you gotta represent uh well cool lucas well hey thank you so much for for coming on the teach me pokemon podcast we you know we know you know your time is valuable you're in school you know but learning from from top players is something that not just jared and i but all, all of our listeners thoroughly enjoy and and if it's okay we'd love to bring you back later on this year and see how the season's going yeah that'd be amazing i'd love to Cool. All right, Lucas, man. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you. You can find us at roguemedianetwork.com. Teach me Pokemon podcast. Come and dive with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.